hello there. I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of Pea Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat. And with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. Hey everyone, it's been a while. I've been so busy that I just haven't got around to talking to you for a while now, must be two weeks at least. But here I am back and there will have to be a change. I've got so many things on, uh, new clients, new projects, all sorts of things that I'm going to have to only podcast once a fortnight. But it'll still come out on Fridays, as I hope this one will. In fact, I'm sure this one will. Uh, Thanks to my dear friend, John Blakey. And so look out for me on Fridays, but fortnightly from now on. So what's happened recently? Well, what I want to talk about this morning is one of my students, one of my advanced students, Uh, She's in the first year of the advanced course. It's a three-year course. And she's just starting with what we call biodynamics. Some of you may know this. Um, Oh, what is biodynamics? Well, it's a set of rather weirdly made preparations that you use almost like you use homeopathy, i.e. less is more, made in very strange ways, as I said, and they actually help the soil and the plants and all the beings and beasties in the soil that make life work. So they're really important. They were brought to everyone's knowledge in a relatively big way back in 1924. So that's nearly a century ago by um, a man called Rudolf Steiner, who you may well know, probably best because of his schools, which are very good. But he had lots and lots of other interests, and agriculture was certainly one of them. It started with a bunch of farmers coming to him um, and saying, hey, Rudolf, or whatever they said in Victorian German, um, hey, Rudolf, uh, you know, the land's not working. It's looking worse. It's getting more degenerate. You know, there's not so much goodness in it. And we can't grow our crops so well. And what's going on? And can we do anything to help it? Now, does any of that sound familiar to you now? Like, farming's not working so well. Well, it isn't. And it wasn't then. So... Rudolf did some rather weird and wonderful things um, and he told them how to prepare things like cow manure and 
horn silica or, or silica, which is um, crystals. Uh, we've all got a few crystals around the house, perhaps uh, beautiful quartz crystals. So silica is quartz and various other plant preparations. And they're rather strangely done. Um, for instance, the cow manure, you fill a cow's horn and it's got to be a cow's horn. There's no bullshit around here, so no bull's horns. And um, so you fill a cow horn with fresh cow manure and then you bury it in the ground about half a meter down, something like that, a bit more. And you bury it around about the autumn equinox and you dig it up again around about the spring equinox. And you're not going to believe this, but I assure you it's true. The cow manure, which you probably put in as rather sort of squelchy, yucky, smelly stuff, has become beautiful, soft earth, soil. It really does. Don't ask me how it happens. This is all to do with what um, our dear Mother Earth does and presumably Father Son as well. But anyway, it's to do with what happens with our planet and with our planet's relationship with the sun. We know that much, but how and what the process is, we don't know. Now, there's been lots of scientific stuff going on about this research and people have tried doing the same thing in a glass bottle or in a, um, a ceramic bottle and an unglazed ceramic bottle and in a wooden box and in a plastic bag and all sorts of different ways don't work. You end up with nasty, smelly, squishy cow manure. Put it in a horn, bury it in the autumn, dig it up in the spring, and you've got this lovely stuff, this lovely soft soil-like stuff that smells really sweet. And you then, this is going to really blow your mind, so I hope you're not driving anywhere at 80 miles an hour. So anyway, then you, when you want to use it, you take a tiny pinch of this stuff just between your thumb and finger and put it into an ordinary household bucket about half full of water. Yeah, really. And you stir the stuff with, I use half a broomstick, um, and you stir it in both directions for a whole hour. I know, we're deep into witchcraft and black magic here, except we're not, of course. And it's really weird because the water actually changes. And, I mean, to me, it becomes silky, sort of almost velvety as you're stirring, and it changes colour, not just because it's got bits of brown cow shit in it. Um, it changes colour and it, it goes almost golden brown. It's really strange. And then when you've stirred it for an hour in both directions and you sort of stir, 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 make a vortex that, it, you know, got this sort of lovely vortex going down to the bottom of the bucket, come out, stir, stir, stir the other direction, another vortex, come out, la, la, la. You can read all about this in my book. Uh, gardening with the sun and moon, that's the one you want. And after you've done this for an hour, you then take a paintbrush, well, not a paintbrush, preferably a nice floppy soft wallpaper brush, you know, the sort of thing that's got soft, soft bristles, not the hard ones. 
and your bucket and you go around and you dip the brush in the bucket and then you sort of fling it out sideways on both sides and dip the brush in the bucket and fling it out sideways both sides. I know, you look like a lunatic. You probably get arrested or something. And you sort of think, how can that possibly work? I'm putting hardly any of it on. I'm not actually sure where it's going. You know, this, this can't work. That's the control freak inside all of us. We've all got one. But blow me, it does. And my my most incredible one was in my last house, was when we first went there. It was called Marsh House Farm. Um, it was called Marsh House for a reason. It was in the middle of a marsh, i.e. wet place, soggy, uh, easily flooded. So our garden used to get soggy and mucky and sometimes with pools of water in it. Yeah, really. I used this stuff over the first winter we were there and we did not have any floods. The farmer's fields all round did and we had floods up the drive, you know, big pools of water up the drive, but none in our garden. Yep, that it worked. So I'm actually not too worried about why it works and how it works. I don't really actually need to know the scientific reasoning behind this. Anyway, I don't think anyone does know, but I don't need to know it. But blow me, it works. So I'm carrying on doing it. And I've been doing it now for, you don't want to know how long, a long time, lots and lots and lots of years. And it's part of the teaching that I do in the advanced course. Because, you see, it doesn't just work on the ground. I've learned that I can use it to help me with my own roots, with my own leaves, with my own flowers, my own fruits, these parts of me that are my roots, parts of me that are my leaves, you know, that take in carbon dioxide and give out oxygen, except that I don't, of course, but they're the watery bits of me. And the roots are like all the earthy bits of me. And the roots are like the, you know, my gut instincts and all that part of me. And then the leaves are like the watery bits and they're all my feelings and my emotions. And the flowers, uh, they're like all my thinking stuff. And, you know, they sort of, sometimes they smell nice and sometimes they look a bit frightful, but that's my thinking, but we all have this problem. So, you know, the flowers are like my thinking bits and then there's the fruits and they're like all my intuition, all my intuitive bits, all the bits the way you, you know, you know something or you know something ahead of time or you understand what's actually happening with somebody, even though they're not telling you, not in words. So it actually works to help all of those all this weird biodynamic stuff. So in the advanced course, I now teach my students how to work with this so that they, they can go on and work with the people that they work with, as well as with their own gardens and window boxes and small holdings. I haven't got any farmers at the moment, but I have got a small holder and she does it. So there I was and I got this post because we have a, a Facebook group where my advanced students go and they post all their stuff and they chat and they exchange stuff and I chat and exchange stuff too. And she put this post up 
And she's just starting and she just got her preparations and she was just looking at them and saying, oh, you know, it really looks interesting. It really feels feels interesting. I can sort of feel the energy off it. And because she'd been working with, but so she's used to, she knows the difference between when she's making something up and when she's actually feeling something. And that's one of the big things you learn. So anyway, Ezra, she was feeling it. And she felt that she wanted to take it outside. It was a lovely sunny day. It was yesterday. And yesterday was lovely and sunny in my bit of the world. So she took it outside. And there on her garden wall was this slug. And it's a really warm, the sun was shining right on the wall, so the wall was really warm and really dry. Now, slugs don't work very well in the dry because they, they work by slithering. You probably realize this, and they sort of slither, and they make their own slither to slither on. This is sounding very strange. Never mind. They make their own slither to slither on, but they do need water from outside in order to slither as well. And there wasn't any on this wall. It was dry. So the slug was sort of sitting there going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You could sort of feel it. And it was trying to get up because there was some, the birds had dropped some bird food on the top of the wall and he seemed to be wanting to get up to it. Now, my student could have picked the slug up and put him on top of the wall. And she said, that's what I would have done a while back. But something inside you know one of these inner voices we have so it said no don't do for enable so she went huh what and it said it again don't do for enable so she thought okay this sounds a bit like what ellen teaches me and what we're all learning so don't do for don't pick the slug up and put him where he wants to be on the top of the wall Help him do it for himself. Enable him. So she went back indoors and got her um, spritzer bottle for the you know for your indoor plants where you spray indoor plants, spray their leaves, and makes them happier. So she got her spritzer bottle and she sprayed a bit of the wall above the slug and a bit of the wall below the slug, and then she gave him a tiny little spritz on himself. Not so much that it was gonna he was gonna think, my God, I'm gonna be washed off. It's a rainstorm. <coughs> just a little bit, just to make him wet. And he started to move. He knew there was water ahead of him. He could smell it or whatever senses they have. I'm not sure. I'm not a big slug expert. But he knew there was water ahead of him. So he started to slither. She gave him a little bit more water and he slithered and he made his way all the way up the wall. And he actually did go and eat the bird food that the birds dropped that she thought he was after in the first place. So she was sort of standing there with a big grin on her face. You know how it is when you feel you've got something right and you've actually done something right. You sit, stand, sit there with a grin going, whoa, I did it, I did it. And it really came home to her. This don't do for, enable. Don't fix it for somebody. Enable them to fix it for themselves. Now, that's a huge thing that the whole of this advanced course is about. It's about learning how to enable other people or actually even more, learning how to help them enable themselves 
not about fixing things for them. Now, okay, the slug couldn't have fixed the water for himself. At least I can't work out the way he could have. So my student was really right to spritz him and spritzes the wall for him so he can get up it. But she still wasn't doing it for him. She was just helping him do it for himself. I was just thrilled. I read her post and I thought, oh, you know, and you're only just starting the advanced course. She's done an apprenticeship with me for a whole year before, so she does know me quite well. And I was, but I was there thinking, you're just starting and you're getting it. It's really working. You're having experiences in everyday life that are showing you the stuff that we're trying to enable in you, that you are trying to enable in you. So she was learning actually by observing and noticing and doing, not by just listening to me, though of course I recommend that, but <clears throat> there we go, let's not go there, um, but not just by listening to me, not just by reading books, not just by doing the work exercises, because there's written work stuff in it as well, not just by doing those, she was learning by noticing and doing and also learning by not doing. You get that? She didn't do it for the slug. She helped the slug do it for himself. That is enormous. That is so, so important. And she said something else in her telling the story. She said, when she first got this don't do for, enable, she just said, what? What? I don't understand. Like in her head. And the answer came, I, I, she gets, I get things in pictures. Some of us get things in pictures. Some, some of us get it in words. She got it in pictures. She got a picture of her spritzer bottle. And it's like, ah, right. I know what to do. I can get my spritzer bottle. I can wet the wall and I can give the slug a little bit of wet as well to help him. So she actually asked what to do. She didn't think what to do. She let things happen around her and she let her instincts and her intuitions in to show her what to do. This is something <clears throat> we're not well taught to do in school and it really is a pain because when you stop and stop trying to get your brain to do it for a bit, and actually let yourself, the other parts of yourself, your guts, your instincts part, and your intuitive part, and even your feelings part, and you give them a chance to speak, to show you. Then amazing things happen, and really quickly. Now, I actually help people, particularly women, because I seem to, at the moment, work very well with business women to actually use that same process in their business lives. Now, this is something that my student will be doing as she learns, and she'll be passing it on in, in her own trade, in her own work. But it's so important, don't think. Before you think, try the guts, try the intuition, try the feelings. Let the other bits of yourself have a say. Let them have a go at showing you what to do. And quite often, that will work a damn sight quicker than thinking. Add in, there's another 
big thing here because, I mean, how many people suffer from stress now? We all suffer from stress. I suffer from stress. You suffer from stress. We all do. And an awful lot of that stress comes when we overthink, when we use our brains, when there's actually other ways we could do things. So we actually overuse our brains and we actually, <laughs> sounds a bit weird, but we strain our brains. We, When you're stressed, you don't think very well. You are really actually quite incompetent in thinking when you're stressed. So we need to stop, give the brain a rest, give the brain a break. Back to my dad's old thing is give your brain sixpence and tell it to go out and play with the traffic. I mean, we probably wouldn't do that now, but this was a long time ago when people thought that was funny. Well, I still think it's funny. But give your brain a break. You know, give it sixpence and tell it to go and get an ice cream. Um, tell it to go off duty for a bit. Tell your brain, yeah, it's okay. We don't need you. You have a rest. We're going to work on the guts. We're going to work with the emotions. We're going to work with the instincts. See what that happens. And then if you need brain, brain will be a bit less stressed and a, a bit more awake and having had a sort of quiet sit there going, Bleh. brain will be a bit better able to do what we ask of it. So, thank you very much, my dear student. Now, I'm not going to give you her name. Thank you very much, my dear. That was absolutely wonderful. A little story that just tells us, don't do for, enable. I'm going to leave you there with that this week. And I will see you in a couple of weeks' time. And I can't remember whether I'm actually doing a um, my own podcast in a couple of weeks' time, but I might also be um, posting one that I've done when I was guesting for somebody else because I've just been doing quite a lot of guest podcasts and they're such fun. They've been such fun, the people that I've worked with. So I'm really looking forward to sharing them with you. But for now, for this week, for this fortnight, do yourself a post-it note. Stick it on the kitchen cupboard or the bathroom mirror or somewhere and say, don't do for enable bye for now see you next time well thank you for joining our weekly sale on pea green boat time to stop now if you'd like to know more you can meet me at www.ellensentier.com and i'm on instagram and facebook and linkedin as well so let's connect don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.